Hello and welcome to episode 9. My name is Michael McCarthy and I'm joined once again by John O'Shea and Francis Cofton. This week we'll have a look back at Tip's last Mayo in the All-Ireland Football semi-final. We'll have a look ahead to Tip's underage games in minor and under 21. We'll have a look at Limerick versus Waterford in the All-Ireland Hurland final and our favourite bits from social media. This is the West Awake podcast, West Tip Matters. The West's awake, the West's awake. Another goal! And it's Eugene O'Neill has got it! Is by Johnny Ryan. He's one of the two Johnnies playing at midfield today. We're very precise, and Brian Fox with Tipperary's first. Okay, lads, first on the agenda this week is the All-Ireland semi-final, a result we we uh, didn't that didn't go our way. Francis, what did you make of it? I don't know that we ever fully get going in the game. Um, I think there was a lot of talk and a lot of build-up before the game and maybe it brought Mayo, the real, I suppose, Mayo out and they had a bit of a rootless streak about him. And I suppose you could break it down. We had two goal chances early on. Quinn Living went the narrow side when when possibly he had the ability to take on Clark and you know take the shot on. It was a goal there for the take and Clark got a hand in on the narrow side. We missed it. Then Sweeney had another chance. He seemed to hit it straight at the goalie rather than he went for power rather than trying to place it. And again, Clark saved it. You know, and then down the field, you know, Kieran O'Connor got the um, the goal then and. We look to be in a bit of bother at that stage, but in fairness to Brian Fox, he made a superb run. Now, he nearly knocked it over the line as such, like, um, or just barely got it over the line. It rolled over the line, but it was just one of those. It looked as if we were getting back into the game, but Mayo just gradually started to roll on the pints, and then a series of goals, then as well. and they just looked that bit stronger, I thought, more physically stronger than, than Tipperary. We didn't seem to get the same level of tackling in as we got in the Cork game. We, we didn't get as many turnovers. And, you know, we were in a, in a bad place in half time and, you know, 4-12 to 1-5 down, you know, it, it, we were definitely out of it. In fairness to them, they rallied very well in the second half and... You know, put a lot of respectability on the scoreboard. Um, I thought, you know, the players, a lot of the players that came on, you know, the likes of Paddy Feehan getting a goal really shone well. Um, we had, I suppose, I think it's 11 goal chances we had in the game as it turned out overall. And a lot of them were scoring very scorable chances. Quinn Levin had one there at the end, which maybe you thought he might just have had a look up and he'd a goalie beaten. <clears throat> might have won it on that but it would have put another bit of respectability in the scoreline I think it showed great heart in the team for the way they came back a lot of teams would have turned in the towel at that stage you know, maybe Mayo did take the foot at the pedal they did make changes in that but I think you have to credit Tipperary like they came out in the second half they kind of abandoned their defensive system and just they really went for it at that stage and the ghost was probably up at that stage, but they just went for it. I think credit had to be due to them. You know, credit due to Mayo as well. They cut out a lot of our big men, the likes of Colin O'Reardon, 
O'Brien, the Quinlivan and Sweeney fairly well marshaled as well. So they had their homework done in the lead up to the game and I suppose they were very clinical in what they did in the first half. Now, some of them were down to errors on the Tiberi side as well with the pass back to, to Comerford, which was intercepted as well. It was bad mistakes like that. The first goal, it was an overrun. There was no American O'Connor going in. Different things like that would cost you when you come up to that level. And I suppose if we hadn't played a team in Munster of that level, Cork had only won Division 3. Clare were the bottom end of Division 2. And Limerick were Division 4, going up to Division 3 next year. So it was another real step up in class. Now, to their credit, they can play They can play at that level, but it will take probably a lot more cuteness. You have to be more ruthless as well. I think it goes back to the first two goal chances we had in the game. They had to be taken. You know, I was reading the post there after the game. It could easily have been 3-1 to 1-5 instead of 1-5 to 1-1. And I think our confidence would certainly have improved from that. Um, but we just seemed to get overrun in the first half and, and the confidence just seemed to drain out of us. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And I think that's that we'll start there. The, the two two goal chances in the first half, uh, Francis. The, uh, Quinlivan looked, he looked to his right. He looked like he wanted to pass it across the goal and then was a bit indecisive and went with the with the left foot. And David Clark, as you said, got a hand to it. And we, but he didn't look convincing once he had to go himself. And then Connor, Connor, as you said, went for power and it was straight down the middle. I mean, it was an easy save for for Clark. You'd have expected any any keeper to to make it. But it looked to me like we didn't recover from missing those two two chances um in the first half we looked a little bit shell shocked and it was it, as 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 though they went this isn't our day and and that's when mayo got the run on them yeah mayo, mayo pushed up around midfield as well and won the midfield bat and we were struggling to get the ball in as well and our, our game just wasn't the flow and i think you're right the confidence went fairly quickly when those two goal chances didn't go in you go back to the Munster final. We had three points on the board, the first three shots we took. The confidence was building at that stage. Against the bigger teams, when you get that chance, as you say, you have to be ruthless and take it. It would have been a different story if it was 3-1 to 1-5. Mm-hmm. We'd have been ahead by two points at that stage around the water break. That would have been absolutely huge for Tipper at that stage. But instead... Mayo overran us. We couldn't seem to contain the tackle. We seemed to brush off a lot of the Mayo lads. They just seemed a bit more stronger and more conditioned and they worked in the goals. Then The goals, I think, came from errors and maybe not tracking back then. We'd less men going back as well and at times they'd a men over. And we, we really just looked very ordinary at times in the first half. Yeah, and the the fact that we were playing a Division 1 team and I suppose Mayo, to their credit, brought a Division 1 work ethic to the game and they, they I suppose, they played us with, with massive respect in that they, they went at it at that tempo from the very start. But as you said, um, not playing to that level all year. I mean, we've what, that was our six, seventh game, I think, wasn't it, um, on, on Sunday? And they were all against Division 3 Opposite Division Three, Division Four opposition. It wasn't even a Division Two team in there. Well, Clare, I suppose, but Clare are hanging around the bottom of of Division Two a long time. Um, that 
that was a step up in class for us and we probably weren't ready for it. No, uh, it didn't look. I mean, it looked on paper, I suppose, going in the car game. We, we were getting there and we were raising our game, but Mayo have been playing consistently at that level. I think that team for the Bones the last maybe eight, ten years. And I think, you know, that's probably where Tipperary need to be getting is the top end of Division 2 and possibly getting promoted to Division 1. Like, it, it's about playing the better teams the whole time. And that's how you learn, you know, you learn to get that extra step, that, that extra bit of cuteness and that as well from the bigger teams. You have to be playing them on a regular basis to improve and probably go to the next level. And I mean, there's plenty of times, you know, people felt that maybe the Munster final was a waste after that. It wasn't. This has been another, to me, a huge stepping stone again for Tipperary. It's been 85 years since we won it. We hadn't been to too many Munster finals when you look at look at that time span. And I think it was a great year of progress. Sunday didn't go well, but to their credit, they fought back very well in the second half where a lot of teams would probably have died and they will look back and later on in the year and the start of next year, they look back on Sunday as hopefully that's a learning curve and that's another step up the ladder and that's the base where we have to bring ourselves to now if we want to progress further. Yeah. Uh, John O'Shea, you were in, in Crow Park on Sunday there for Tip Midwest and Killian O'Connor put on a, a clinic of finishing, uh, four or nine. He scored four three from playing. One of the goals there, I think, um, I don't know, was it Alan Campbell or, or Bill Maher? He he came in. He just seemed to brush them aside. Did Mayo look a lot physically stronger than us um, when you were up there um, than they did on TV? Yeah, they did, and you could see across the the you know the field and the way the way they were moving there. It was it was sort of you could see they were they were nearly before it happened they were tearing the the tip defence to shreds especially during that second quarter you know and you could see the turnover you could nearly see it happening before it happened uh, the goal coming you know that sort of way yeah and um, and but he definitely came in for them them goals got in rather look at twas twas sort of. Uh, it was, it was probably bad defending now, you know what I mean? And not picking up. Like, the first goal, especially there, your man Aidan O'Shea put the ball across the square. Your man cut in between two defenders. To be like, to be like I suppose, in soccer parlance, there was no one covering the back post. You know, that sort mm-hmm. of way. Yeah. And he seemed to get in. The other one, something similar happened in the goal just uh, before the halftime whistle there, when they came in from the 45, when his brother got on the end of that one. Came right in, ghosted in along the in line. Back of the net, you know, with the Pam, you know, the back pass then, again, it was one of those things that, you know, that anything that shouldn't happen, happened in that second quarter. And like this, Mayo scored what in that second quarter, they scored 3-6. And if you take the four, the, the four quarters of that game, I was just looking at it, they, they, um, it was... Tip or there or thereabouts in all the other quarters except that that particular one. But to 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 actually answer your question there, that there were a physical side and you could see it. And there were times when Tip just could not get their hands on the ball. And as you looked across the field, you could see that there was you probably wouldn't have seen as much on television. You know, when you see the the whole picture out in front of you there, that 
Mayo had loads of um, options, if you know what I mean, to get ball to to a, a person. Maybe as a, initially not in a better position, but they were able to, they were getting tipped to draw them, draw them, draw them. Now, that was sapping energy out of them. And when you can't get your hands on a ball, there is nothing you can do about it, lads. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I suppose just to, to pick up on your point there about the defending, uh, we praised the defending in the Cork game now, I suppose, playing against uh, that Cork side as opposed to this Mayo side is probably chalk and cheese. But the we were probably a little bit naive that the Dermot O'Connor goal that, that you spoke about there, our two defenders got drawn to the goal, the ball, even even though you can see on the video, one of them notices Dermot O'Connor, but they both go to the ball and, and he gets his hands to it. Liam Casey commits the cardinal sin of kicking the ball back across your own goal. Now, I don't think Evan Comerford did him any favours with the, the short kick out before that and, and there was two Mayo men around him and he was hard to see where he was going to go with it but we we gifted them goals um and francis would you would you consider that na- naive defending like you? I, I think it was a bit but i don't know what our confidence got us more we were losing I, I think we were losing the midfield battle you know our, our bigger player reardon didn't get on as much ball as but he got on against cork we weren't dominant in, in any ball that broke either they seemed then to run at our half back line and they'd, they'd work the ball around for five or six passes and next thing they'd break the half back line which means they'd a man over the whole time as well and I don't think we seemed ready for that like more than mm. anything and then obviously then when there was a man over we weren't fully sure what to do then yeah yeah um, and that, that probably comes back to the the higher the higher standard of team and um, and as course uh, Mayo beat Galway in the Connacht final, who who were probably the best team before lockdown in 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 Division One in the in the football league, and um, and uh, uh, John, as Francis has alluded to, there, um, like obviously very disappointing the way Sunday turned out, but w- when the players, when as a county, when we look back on on the 2020 football year. Uh, winning Munster was absolutely massive. Uh, Eighty-five years without one, a tremendous achievement for for everyone involved, and um, and 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 that'll live long in the heart. But when we go to when we look forward to twenty twenty one, where to now for this team? What needs to happen for us to make that next step? Look at uh, you know it, it was by any stretch of the imagination, it was a, a huge huge year. For, for Tipperary football. Like, you know, as you say, first time since 1935, we won a Munster Championship. I mean, now, we are not being critical of them against Mayo last Sunday. We were just uh, ob- making observations as we saw it, and that's not being critical. Uh, going forward, they, they, you know, they, they're still Munster champions. Now, the big thing going forward for t- 2021 is they must get out of Division Three. That is... That is paramount, to get out of Division 3, which is not going to be an easy task. There's no point in saying otherwise. It's not going to be an easy task. Cavan has come down from Division 2, and Limerick has come up from Division 4 as champions. I think is it Limerick and Wexford has come up. That's right. And who came down with Cavan? Um, Fermanagh, no? Fermanagh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, look at again. It's 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 we have travelling. The Offaly are still there. The Louds are still there. The um, Leitrim is still there. You know. So so it's it's 
Division three is not going to be easy to get out of. Um, it never is when you have a team, you know, because there is that little bit of a gap there between the two top two divisions and the bottom two, you know. So that will be, the, I think that has to be um, their, their, their focus and a real focus. Um, now, I think, and I think Shane Stapleton there from Golden said it there during the week, um, and I think he was correct in what he said, that the fact that it's the end of the year and the league will be probably starting, we, we probably think it will. Now we don't know for definite yet the makeup of the of the of the coming year, but the the, the possibility of the league starting there in um, early March, you know, uh, which isn't too far away. Uh, so the chances of maybe guys that might have had it on their mind to to retire that they just might um, hang in for another year because they are reasonably fit. The Brian Foxes I'm talking about now, Philip Austin's there, maybe Kylie, uh, the, the more uh, veteran and senior guys on that panel that um, they probably just might might get around, hang around for another year. And I think. They need those guys probably to get them out of Division Three. Uh, it will take a lot of cool heads, uh, you know. To, to, when we do start up, now we don't know the makeup of the actual league yet, and uh, I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. There, there is a possibility mm-hmm. of the league being divided. Uh, the, the division, we'll say, Division Three, being divided geographically. Now, that might help tip. In so far as you'd have, if it was divided geographically, they were talking in terms of maybe uh, the Division 3 North, the winners of that, and Division 3 South, the two of them would get promoted to the actual... um, to the actual second division, yeah. second division, and, and maybe the top two playing off in it. I think it's more important for Tip to get promoted to the actual uh, Division 2 than to win if you know what I mean win a trophy at division now yeah. that would be that that would be nice as well there's no doubt about it but uh it's 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 important to get to get um to get promoted I, it's yeah. definitely within our capabilities uh you know they have to have learned something this year uh, from that journey that they had they have to you know if anything it has probably bonded them together uh, as a, as a unit they know what they're capable of they they are disappointed with last Sunday. There is no doubt about that. As I said, a little bit of naive defending. They coughed up, uh, you know, from turn turnovers three six, uh, uh, you know, a sort of uncharacteristic mistakes out the field, probably led to a lot of scores. And that's that's when you're up against something that you haven't come across for a while. Uh, but you know, I think when they'll analyse that game and they'll probably sit down after Christmas or whenever and analyse it and say, look, at where did we go wrong in that? And I think, you know, that that um, a team like Mayo punished every mistake that was made. You know what I mean? But the other, on the plus side is, if we were creating those goal chances against lesser teams, I think we'd probably put them away. So, that we, we you know, I think tip football is in a good place, lads. Yeah, uh, Francis, would you concur? Concur. Um, it, it's actually Wicklow that that came up with Limerick, um, John, and it's Fermanagh and Kevin that are yeah. that are coming down. Um, the, that Francis, that division division three uh, promotion from division three is is paramount in twenty twenty one, and I suppose in championship wise that we don't want to go out, go out. We want to go as far as we can, but. Is 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 getting to Division Two and playing that level of football probably more important in the long run, uh, rather than we say the short term? 
It is and it isn't. I mean, I suppose the way I look at it, we've had a lot of league success, I suppose, from the time John Evans took over. We've won Division 3, Division 4. We stayed in Division 2. Liam, Liam Carnes came in. We weren't too far off getting promoted. We do have to get back up to that level, yes. But I do think that while we need to be playing Division 2 and a high standard in Division 2, we also have to stay competitive in a Munster Championship. Mm-hmm. We, we can't let, let Sunday three weeks ago or two weeks ago be just a one-off, I think, either. We have to be able to say we're going to be able to take on the Corks and the Kerrys. I mean, that has to be a target. Clare won the Munster final in 92, and you know they didn't push on after that. Like The one worry I would have is we haven't done a whole lot in minor football since the All-Ireland final appearance in 15. We haven't done a whole lot in under 21 either since the All-Ireland final appearance in 15. So that's half a decade compared to the first half a decade. We were very competitive at underage. And that could be a problem in terms of bringing players up as well. That we need to be need to be more competitive. I think at minor and under twenty one level as well, or under twenty level, to make that step up to keep a certain level, of, a certain amount of players coming through each year. Because as you say, some of the lads are getting older now. I would hope personally they would stay. They mightn't be going to play every game, but if David Power can blood a few new lads in with even having these lads as an impact on the bench are starting and the younger lads coming on, it will give them an awful lot more experience. But I think, as John said, getting to Division 2 is definitely huge. But I think we have to make sure that we keep an eye on Munster as well and make ourselves competitive there, that we're playing a better, you know, stronger teams again in the Championship again next year. And we'll learn from that because the Championship, if it, it's going to be running the way they're talking next year. It's going to be summertime football. We have to get used to playing bigger teams at that time of year as well. Yeah, I think that's and that that's very important. Um, the what you said there, Francis, about the the I suppose lack of success compared to the start of, the start of the the decade with with underage. And I think now more than ever, the I suppose the, the GDAs and the Tip Football Board need to be need to jump on this success um and 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 get i suppose clubs that aren't aren't putting their their whole their whole heart into into football and developing more better better footballers and and those development squads to bring to bring those get in the good coaches into them and i think that's the that is the key um to keeping this keeping football at the level that we want it to to be kept at i mean the the minors of of 2011 are now you know they're they're coming into I suppose the twilight of their career coming up on 28. Uh, I mean, people are talking about Sweeney being being the old one of the older members of the team at, at 30. Brian is 32. Um, so we they, they, we need another another injection of fresh blood um, to to take us on to the to the next level. Uh, just speaking of of uh, the young guns and and moving on to the next level uh, this weekend we see the the minors and the and the twenty ones back in action. Um, the the footballers Francis are out against Clare. This is their first their first day out. Um, from a West point of view, there's a couple of lads. There's three I think on the on the panel. Um, 
it, it, I suppose there's no form, there's no form book with 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 these under 17s. We we do need to 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 win though, don't we? we as a county, we, we it would be great to see the minor footballers get a run. Yeah, I think it would, and I suppose Cork and Kerry at the, at the far side of the, the Munster Championship during the semi-final as well. So there is a huge chance here again of of getting a run, and I think it's important. As I said there a few minutes ago. This is about building for the future as well. It's not necessarily means you have to win a Munster title or get to an All-Ireland final every year. But this is about building on, on, on Saturday again and the chance to go forward. It's not an ideal campaign. They were due to start a few weeks ago or over six weeks ago and then it was all shut down, and unfortunately. So it's been a hard campaign for me. I suppose they've been training for Bones, I suppose, the last 12 months getting together and all that and between knockdowns and everything. So we, we don't have a farm gauge to go on. Um, there's three West players, as you say, involved. Raymond Kelly there from Maraville Rovers and Caleb Hickey Malai again from Maraville and Tom Downey from Rockwell. Um, it would be great to see, I, I think, beaten Clare. Um, you, you've the winners of Limerick and Watford in at the other side to play in a semi-final. I, I would certainly hope that, that we would be good enough to get to at least a Munster final. And to me, that would be progression and getting lads to exposure as the higher level. And I suppose when we talk a Munster and being competitive at Munster senior level, it's the same thing that Cork and Kerry have often been the benchmark there. And when you look back at the early part of the last decade, we were beating those teams. And that's the target we need to be setting back up again to bring lads forward again. Like it's 10 years next year since we won that All Ireland. And we probably regressed a small bit, so I think Saturday it's vital that we get a result on Saturday. Yeah, it, it probably <laughs> their job probably got that little bit harder uh, as a management team when the when the seniors won a Munster final and and then and now everyone is obviously pointing out that we need to be doing more at an underage level and they they might be under a little bit more pressure than than maybe previously they <laughs> they were under. Uh, John, the hurlers are out as well this weekend. The minor hurlers they are playing Waterford. Um, they've had a they've had a run out against Kerry there back before the lockdown. Uh, they had a, a I suppose a facile win. Um, this will be a tougher test, and 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 a, I suppose a Waterford that are buoyed by their their own seniors being in an All Ireland final. That's right. Yeah. Um, that. You know they had a, that first qualifying victory there over Kerry back whenever it was six weeks ago or seven weeks ago whenever it was seems a long time ago now. Uh, it looked impressive that day in the second half, and I think we spoke about it. That yeah, probably right. it was one of our first podcasts that we spoke about it. Uh, very impressive second half display. They really upped it, uh, and. You know, we have a good, from a West perspective, a good West representation. And actually, there's a huge, there's four, there's four uh, on the, from Tenelty on it there. They were actually on the match day panel the last day, I think, the forum, which was an unusual thing to the extent. And I think we said it at the time because this year's minor team would, ha- would have been probably one of the weakest that Tenelty had in a long time. Uh, and there was times when they won minor championships in the West and they probably had no representation on the county minors. It just goes the way things go. Like they had these four lads that are actually uh, under... If the minor was 18 next year, in 2021, they'd be the the main... The yes, main main in it, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Jason, the wire on the goals there. Jason has good experience there from... Um, 
the CBS and Torless, you know, uh, good, strong, big, tall guy. Like he's, you know, he's been playing there for a few years now with uh, with with the underage and with the heart with the the CBS coming up along. You know, um, you have um, Young Dial, there, uh, Robert Dial. Robert Dial. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dial again. He would. They were CBS thing. Uh, young Ferncombe there. Um, Stephen Ferncombe. Yeah. Stephen there. He'd be Michael's son there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're. Um, they have, uh, you know, on the, the 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 teams up along. They have been the the guys there, and they were on these development squads and whatever. So they are being together, and uh, you have Danny Slattery from uh, again. So then you you go in. You have the two lads from Cashel. They were on it. I think it was the two. Uh, then you have you have a few lads from from uh, Kickhams. Uh, what you call him was injured there early on. Uh, young young Jamie Duncan. Yeah, I, I would expect Jamie Duncan to come back into it. Um, yeah, he did. he was injured there that time, uh, and there's a possibility maybe the six weeks or the seven weeks might you know might have stood to him now. And he because definitely he's a great player, like you know, and he, he he's definitely uh, yeah. look and, what and Jack Leamy obviously then Jack, as well Jack from won. Golden. Yeah, Jack yeah. was 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 now funny enough. The last day it was um it was a uh, Fernandcombe that was taking the freeze. You know, mm-hmm. which is unusual because I think Jack was taking them last year. But look at that's neither here nor there. The both of them are they just so. But they, they, again, he would have uh, he would have experience in Harty Cup in Torless. So I mean, the the, the Cashel lads would have experience there with the they, they with got the, they won the, the most. They're, they're they're in the All Ireland final, I suppose. It hasn't been played, and I, that I won't be played, I mean, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, what do they call it? It's not the Cashel CBS now. It's the Community School. Community yeah. School, yeah. Um, so, so uh, I think it, who else does does uh, the them Kickham's lads? They'd be they'd be involved with uh, with Cashel as well. Cashel so like, Turles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you know, they're, they're, these guys have uh, have been around, and and these are the lads that we know and we have seen them playing and 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 at local club level up along, and and uh, then we have uh, we have the, our selector there from Capo White, um, Jerboan, Jer, yeah, and uh, you know, so they're, they're, it's look at. We don't know. I certainly don't know what Waterford is like, and as we we spoke about it, there is no real guidelines. Yeah. But you would imagine, you would imagine, if you take the schools, and that's really the only guide, and it's very even hard at that. We should be thinking probably more of Dean Ryan than Harty Cup because the Harty is what is it, eighteen and a half or nineteen no, now? Eighteen now, yeah, nineteen. Nineteen now, you know. So you'd be talking Harty Cup more so would be more of a guideline than than. Um, you know, than than Harty. So, look at we we would hope and I, we would expect uh, Tip to get over the line down in Parky Rin on Saturday. You know, and and progress to the final. Uh, the other semi final between uh, Limerick and Cork is on in Torles. I on, I think on Saturday as well. I think it's on early. I think it would be on around one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think both Tip games are being streamed yeah. by on the Munster website. So. I was just going to say that yeah, that the the both games uh, is, is streamed on the Munster website, and and I think that's for free, isn't it? Uh, they were a fiver, I thought the last time. Oh, the fiver, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But there, there, there is a link if you go into the Monster website, yeah. you'd be able to to pick it up, like. Yeah, and then uh, Tuesday night, Francis, where the twenty ones are back out in their semi final. They beat Clare the first day out. A good West representation on that as well. Um, hopefully, what the game is on Tuesday night, which I suppose not ideal in the in the lead up to Christmas, but there's a. A Waterford senior involved in the panel, and look, I, I think he's wrong. I, that I think the game should have gone ahead at the weekend. But anyway, that's it's on Tuesday night anyway. Um, but again, 
we showed well, I suppose, in patches against Clare, and we need to we need to show our best hand, I suppose, on on Tuesday night again against a Waterford team. Obviously, with a senior in it, and they'll be they'll be on the back. I suppose a lot could depend on how they go on on Sunday, what the feeling in the county is. But you'll be hoping for a tip win here as well. Yeah, it would be hoping for a tip win, but um, I suppose. This, it was a game of two halves the last day against Clare. We, we never really showed. I think we seemed to start very well against Clare. It was a coffee hit the post in a dead stage. And we looked as if maybe we were just going to push on. Or, or did we expect things to happen? But it was Clare who dictated the first half. But in fairness, in the second half, once we took control and we, there was only one team in, in the second half, and we had levelled even the game fairly quickly, despite being a few points down. And we never really looked in trouble the more the second half went on. Um, again, you would be hoping. Um, I would have thought it would have been on the Saturday beforehand as well. It, but unless now there was an agreement or that, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's a good ref- West representation. Aaron will probably be starting in the goals, Aaron Brown. Yeah. Um, Devin came a lot into it in the second half, especially when he went on the freeze against Clare. That's right. Uh, You've kind of the wire there as well. He didn't make the panel now. The last that we we all thought he would, but he didn't. I don't think he'd be too far off making the panel there. And Owen Connolly um, is obviously the captain, then. Yeah, you've Owen Connolly's captain. Um, I think he was a bit nervous the last day. Maybe the captain's role in the first in the first half. He just seemed to want to kind of really maybe get into it a bit too much. But in the second half, I thought he set very well and he really dictated the the play from the back at that stage. Um, Johnny Ryan, obviously. Johnny then, Ryan as well. Uh, to me, I think he actually goes better out the field. Yeah. I thought he was a bit curtailed at the back now, at corner back now. He did very well in fairness to him, but I thought he's just a bit curtailed there. And you've really buried in as well from Kappa White. Yeah, I, I would expect now that Johnny will be will will be seen further out the field this um this week, I think, like like all these underage teams, I suppose they, until they go out in the championship game, you don't know what you're going to going to get from them. And John Devan, Clonolty uh, John Devan, who is the manager, will have learned a lot from them uh, the first day. So I, 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 and I think, like 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 you, Johnny goes better out of field. He 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 played that role for Liam Cahill's twenties last year, kind of as a a third midfielder, more so when picked at, at number twelve, and then. Obviously, when the Rovers are winning the Junior B or the Junior A hurling here in the West, he was in, he was midfield and and pulled all the strings from there. So I think you're right; he, he does go better out the field. But, um, yeah, I think look, I I think we we have a great chance of getting a win and getting into a Munster final here. And of course, the Munster finalists go into the straight in, the, the Munster winners go straight into the All Ireland final. So um, there's there's a there's a good prize prize at stake there for John Devan and his troops, and we wish them the best of luck. Uh, John O'Shea, this weekend, uh, two weeks before Christmas All-Ireland final, um, Limerick and Waterford. Uh, Tipperary connections in the Waterford camp. It'll be uh, an interesting final. Limerick probably favourites, though. Yeah, I suppose it was the final that, uh, irrespective of, you know, what uh, format was ran under this year, even pre-COVID there in early spring, we certainly didn't think that that would be the pairing for the final. A lot of people thought uh, definitely had Limerick in there, uh, you know, to be there or thereabout. But uh, Waterford was definitely under the radar, even with the appointment of of Liam Cahill. 
But then when 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 it reverted back to uh, the um, the round robin, uh, you know, being put in abeyance for this year, and uh, went back to the you know the qualifier route. Uh, Waterford, you know, set their stalls out fairly fairly quick. Uh, their hiccup was in the Munster final against Limerick. Uh, what was it? I think the four pints on that occasion, if, I, if memory serves me right, I, I, I'm open to contradiction there, um, or five pints, something like that. But uh, you know, they, they every day they seem to get better, and you know, we saw the second half against Kilkenny there a couple of two weeks ago. Uh, huge uh, two two seventeen in the second half, two sixteen from play, uh, won the aerial battle, you know. If anybody was wondering about him, they'll certainly send out a message. And I think John Kiley would have definitely been looking at that. Um, and they, they know that it's a different Waterford team that played in the Munster final. There's a, a sort of a, a situation that, um, that um, they have... Your man Shane Fives is back from injury. So they should be playing... I have to be able to pick from a full deck, as the fellow says. Mm-hmm. Uh, their 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 bench has, you know, got stronger as the the the, the campaign went on. Uh, there is a, a doubt probably over Yarn um, Galan, but you know, a, a little doubt I'd say at this stage. But um, he would be a loss. But uh, Tom Morrissey there would definitely be able to take over for the freeze. Look at. I thought maybe, you know, even after the two semi-finals, I thought Sutton Limerick to shade it fractionally. But, you know, I, I have been thinking a good bit about it since. And I, I just have that sneaking feeling now that Waterford could pull one over on on, on Sunday. Uh, and what a, what a feather that would be in, in Cahill's cap and Cahill's backroom team there, which, as you said, there's a huge Tipperary connection there with Kevin Sullivan, who uh, somebody... somebody uh, I think mentioned it on was it social media or something like that. He was a sort of a mayor come on or a water carrier. By God, Kevin Sullivan is far, far more than that. And he, he's, uh, you know, he, he's he's goalkeeping coach, but he's definitely a very a confident of, of Cahill there. And, uh, you know, a huge knowledge, a casual man there, huge knowledge uh, of the game. We have uh, Bevins, which we all know uh, about his uh, coaching, and you can see it on it. Paddy Julian there is... Um, is um, the physio the cap of white man, you know? So there's 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 lots, uh, and we 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 we, we and, and Cahill himself, like yeah, you and know. Sa- Sandra Malai is obviously down there then as well from from and Sandra, Sandra Sandra as well. I was going to say, yeah, So look, that's a huge thing. Tommy Ryan, I think, is doing the strength and conditioning there. He, yeah, he's yeah. A, um, a gym owner there in in Turles. Uh, but yeah, like I suppose just Cahill has one, done wonders with him and. Just from the Tipperary point of view, as you said, he, Kevin O'Sullivan is a confident. I, th- I think he leans on Paddy Julian a good bit as well. You'd often see him talking there on the sideline during games. And I suppose Frampton is the is the Waterford man. And I, I won't say he's the token Waterford man, but like Cahill definitely leans on his 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 tip guys. The guy, I suppose, the guys that he that he um, 
that he trusts. He does, but he, but he has he has uh, he has uh, people in Waterford as well. Uh, I, I know one guy. I know him personally there that he does a lot of our work for Cal there. You know, keep, keeping an eye on games and mm-hmm. you know all sorts of things. Uh, and you need those people you can trust. And that's one thing about Cal. You see, he puts people into positions, and he has learned that he's putting good people into positions, and he trusts them. And he confides in them and everybody has an input. And you see, the one thing about Cal is he, he listens to everybody. Now, he may not take on everybody's thing, but he's always listening to. There's nothing dismissive about it. Cal will never dismiss you uh, in a conversation about Holland, irrespective of who you are. He's always listen, listening to, to guys and their opinions matter. And that's that's a big thing in a manager, I think. Yeah, and I think that's, that's obviously the way Waterford are playing. They've bought into the into the Cahill philosophy and 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 they're showing the, the benefits of it and it's a complete trust um in I suppose in the game plan that, that Cahill brought to to Waterford and, and, and what he what he has put in place. Uh, Francis we'll just touch a little on Limerick with you. They, they, they I suppose they have been the form team. Um if, if they win on Sunday they will go the year unbeaten and I suppose if you go back to Tip, I think in one or maybe Kil- Kilkenny, they drew games as well. But we drew a game in in the league. So, but Limerick, if they win, will have a hundred percent record. I think they have probably looked the best team um, over the course of the, now. Anything obviously can happen in the final, but I I think it's hard to see them being bet. It is hard to see them being bet at the moment. They just seem to have this consistency about them that they're able to pull the games out. Oh, that even when so Waterford put it up to him for degree in the, in the Munster final the last day, but they still had enough at the end, and they seem to be able to work that space. Hegarty is able to get into space. Kite Hayes is able to break the line coming out, and you know even going from midfield to half back, he's made a huge addition there. You know with with Darrow Donovan started that your fellas like Keane Lynch who's now gone to centre forward. So Tom Morrissey, he scored a good few points again the last day in the semi-final. The semi-final wasn't, I suppose, most eye-catching game. I think even Davy Fitzgerald alluded to that in the Sunday game. It was a lot more based on tactics and that. I think it, it, Limerick seem to get stronger as the game goes on. Their opening quarter doesn't seem to be as strong as as the other quarters, I would say. They seem to grow more into the game and I'm wondering if Watford are to win this, if they're to make a real mark, do we need to see something like what the Tip Under-20s did against Cork last year and maybe hit Limerick for a few goals and force them to maybe not abandon their system but come out of their shell a bit and have to think away from their system? Like Because if Limerick only go a few points down, they don't seem to get that nervous. They're able to work it back and they seem to have a fierce confidence about themselves that way. So in that case, the water really have to hit this from the off. And I mean, they didn't do that against Kikini, you know. They had chances, but everything just seemed to kind of go wrong for them in the first half. They just they couldn't seem to get a grasp on the game. And I'm wondering if we're ready to see a shock, or not really a shock, I suppose Water won't see it as a shock, but if Water are, are, are to, to try and win this, are they going to have to really dominate from the start and... I think you see, you know, the likes of what Fagan won an awful lot of, collected an awful lot of ball the last day. Um, 
in the half forward line. He was able to win it in the air. Um, the likes of Kieran Bennett and Stephen Bennett. We're going to see players like that. We're going to have to hit the front from the start. The likes of Austin Gleeson. Are we going to see a lot of space being worked? Are they going to try and draw out the, maybe the Limerick lads, draw them away from, I suppose, what is a bottleneck of a midfield? And we're going to see some other combination just trying to work a space, work maybe goals, try and do something at the start because the longer you see only Limerick three or four points behind, the more chance I think they probably have a win in the game and I suppose, as John mentioned, Galen is a possible injury but I think he's probably going to start. Hasn't played as well in the last two games. Seamus Fennigan did alright when he came on the last, I think he had a two points. Graham McKay didn't get going against Galway but I'm sure he would certainly come back into line. He was the likes of Peter Casey or David Reedy to come on. You know, the likes of Adrian Breen as well. And I suppose their bench has been one of the big things as well. Likes of Pat Ryan coming on. Fellas like that to get their chance. So I think more than all, I think Watford, if they're t- to really stay in this game, and I know and you look at the Munster final, they battled very well in the second half, but I think they just lacked another score and forward or two to really make an impact. And the one thing, Limerick haven't conceded too many goals. Now, they haven't scored too many either, but they haven't conceded too many. And maybe if the so-called full-back line, we haven't seen this tested. We thought teams were going to test, I suppose, a rookie full-back line with Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash gone in there. Maybe if they try and test that from the start and maybe draw Limerick out, do we see a different type of contest? Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, I suppose the tactics will will uh, will be interesting. And you you mentioned Bokeen Lynch playing centre forward, but it it'll be he didn't play centre forward against Waterford in the Munster final. He played there against Tip. It took everyone by surprise, and he was going back out the middle of the field the next day. Like I think Lynch's play. W- like Lynch on Ty de Borca would be a disaster for for Waterford because de Borca, I suppose he, he made his name as the sweeper in the in the Derek McGrath system. But I mean he's been excellent now at centre back. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's more of a loose hurling centre back. And Lynch would Lynch would clean up, I think, there. And I don't know, will Cahill have to try and man mark him to a certain extent? Uh, what would you think, John? Yeah, it's just hard to know, isn't it? Like, definitely, he, he, he I think if on man to man there, he, he would probably be, uh, he'd outsmart uh, De Borca because, as you said, De Borca was always a sort of a sweeper upper, as the fellow says, mm. in, in that system. Um, but I suppose the way Waterford are playing this year, the, 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 the wing forwards are going back as well. So, that and, and a lot of their scores are got from around. There's a sort of from from their own uh, twenty meter back out to the halfway line. There's a huge amount of scores got, uh, even back to their own sixty five. That area there, it's m- more so than the middle third. There's a lot of there's a lot of scores got inside their fifty yard line as well. You know, so if I think if they if they if they um, if they can curb, which is a big thing, it's a big if, curb the threat of. Uh, of Lynch and Hagerty, like Hagerty and and, and Morrissey, they, they are that that half hour line. The last day for Limerick was was definitely uh, you know they, they they contributed a huge huge amount. Yeah, uh, it certainly is look, their their strongest it, line. It, it, it is like look at, but like definitely what I was saying that Watford Watford will have to be 
firing on all cylinders, you know. But uh, like the last day, Jake Dillon was it? He was taken ashore after 17 minutes, no messing. Uh, that's you know, if you're not going well, there's no second chances. There's no second wind. And and um, Cahill made that decision early on. And the man he brought on was it? Um, who did he bring on the last? Montgomery was it? Yeah. He brought on there. He ended up scoring two points. You know, uh, yeah. Conor Leeson is back into the fold again. He wasn't sort of more or less at the start of the campaign. He was he was on the injured list, and he was only added to the actual subs for the Munster final. He wasn't um, he wasn't um, there for yeah. the Cork game. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. look at and we saw we saw. Um, the other um, Gleason, Austin Gleason, we saw him now the last day not taken off, and he had been taken off in every game up to that, with maybe seven or eight and ten minutes to go. So he seems to be getting back into it as the time, uh, you know, as the 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 the, the situation progressed. So I think they are now. We, we there's one thing you can be sure of: neither team are going. They're not going to have. Nobody is going to. The fifteen players are not going to have a good day. There's always going to be one or two who are going to have an off day, irrespective of whether it's a first round or whether it's a final. That's the nature of team sports. Mm-hmm. Now, it is who 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 will have the, the better day on the day and, and who will turn up and who will want it more. Now, we all know that Waterford have that hunger, you know, for it. Uh, Limerick will be favourites and are probably, you know, everybody's favourites. But I, I, I'm still just going to I'm going to stick with my 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 wood water, but I just like what I see about him this year. The shackles are off, and I suppose it's very interesting there. We've noticed there uh, coming out of the woodwork, former waterworkers who wouldn't have a good word to say about Cahill there seven or eight months ago. Now they're all singing praises. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's talking about about jumping on the bandwagon, uh, and 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 talking about his the 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 way they're playing for him and the the, the system that he has. You know, like it's it's uh, you know success uh, brings a lot of things, but you know these these and these were guys that weren't happy with when 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 Cahill sort of announced his panel at the start. Yeah, well, I think there was probably vested interest at, at, at that time, um, and he's and he's answered those critics. Uh, John is going for Waterford Sunday. Francis, where are you leaning? <sighs> I, I I'm probably leaning a bit towards Limerick. I, I, Bear. I, I don't know what you think, but I think what we're going to need goals to win it. I, I, I think they're going to have to draw this Limerick team out of their so-called system that they're comfortable in. It's If they get goals early, I, I think Watford will, will be a different team. I think they will grow in confidence. Um, I just have a feeling that... I don't know. I have, I, I'm not a fan of the way Limerick play their, their system. It's, it's just... A, it, the way it's set up, but look, as my father used to always tell me, once you win at the end of the day, it's, it's that's what matters, and that's where Limerick seem to be heading. But I still think if Watford get early goals, I think they'll do damage. If not, I think you'd have to fancy Limerick to to take it. Oh yeah, winning ugly is better than losing uh, and be and, and looking good. Um, I I I I have uh, my my head says Limerick. Uh, I think my heart is probably in in uh, in Waterford, but I'm not going to say that too loud around here. Uh, 
Uh, moving on, um, lads, uh, we'll just quick enough there. We'll, there was It's convention time, as we said last week. West Convention was on uh, the first of the four divisions on Sunday night on T, uh, Microsoft Teams Online. Uh, Francis, just give us a quick update. Um, yeah, there wasn't the whole, I think there was only, there was an election for the, the CCC on the night. Um, we we're looking for uh, a secretary and a treasurer. Um, those ballot papers or nominations have to, sorry, nominations have to be back with the secretary by 12 o'clock tomorrow, which is Thursday. Yeah. Um, as well, the five-year rule has meant this. We're looking for a new treasurer, a new secretary, and as was a sorry, an Irish officer as well. Um, that, it, no, you know, it was probably one of the, the quieter conventions. Um, as was just listen to John Devane, he praised the initiative of the minor hurling league, which obviously we didn't get to play, but we had brought teams that enter from the south and that as well, and it, it promised to be a very good league. Unfortunately, it didn't get played, but he had praised the effort coming in on it. There's motions going to county congress to do with the age grades, which probably clubs need to have a look at and see. And especially when it was Kappa White brought it up on the night, is the under 17 grade. A 16 year old will only have one grade to play if there's no under 19 grade brought in, which means if things you know don't go well for your club and and hurling a football and you're out after a game or two, then it you know increases the risk of losing lads. And it is a very crucial age around 16 for keeping lads and keeping players playing. And we need enough games, right? Not too many games that we're con- congesting the fixture this. We need enough games that we're keeping those players interested in playing in the clubs going forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably going to be a crucial part, I suppose, of the... Um, the county convention. I think there's actually a number of motions in relation to age grades and whether we keep on to under 21. My personal view is we should keep under 21. I think any extra year or two you get at that level is huge in terms of players' development and keeping them playing the game as well. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And also, I think um, uh, we need to praise our, our treasurer uh, who brought back a a surplus in a in a COVID year, and I think that was um, that, that was that was a a serious achievement on on his part. And and Michael Devlin departs the the scene as as treasurer after five years, and uh, he he's in the in in line for um, for assistant treasurer of the of the board against John Donovan of the county board. He's against John Donovan there from from Torla Scales and those ballot papers are out and, and, and to be sent back, they have to be back in um, on on Friday. So we wish Michael the best of luck in, in, in that and it would be great, as, as we've all said already, to get a West representation on, on the county board. Um, John, county convention is, is, is on this Tuesday night again, another Zoom or, or Teams effort. Uh, strange times and probably not the best format, I suppose, for for getting business done. Um, would you think? No, no, not the best format. But like, there's a you know there's a few. Francis said a few uh, motions in about uh, this age thing. But look at the 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 age thing is set in stone by Croke Park up to seventeen. 
And that's mm-hmm. it. There's no point in, in, in even debating that. Now, if, if, the, if the counties or divisions want to run <clears throat> the, 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 a secondary competition at the other age groups, well, and fair play to them if there is time for it. Uh, but the other thing, as Francis said, they're the 19 and the 21. I think 21 is a great grade. Now, if we have time, I couldn't see a problem with 19 coming in. Now, again, but again, time is 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 the thing, and you know when you're talking about nineteen, straight away you're clashing with uh, adult, with other adult fixtures, with the senior, junior, intermediate, all that junior Bs. So it's 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 interesting times ahead. Do we have, do we get time to play all those games? That is the big thing. Now, but I think we said it here a couple of weeks ago again about it. It's 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 and and John Devan, the outgoing uh, county chairman, you know, and he he mentioned our uh, organising a minor league. We done it in two thousand and nineteen, and we tweaked it a good bit for twenty. Now, unfortunately, COVID put the kibosh on that. But uh, I think going forward, it's definitely something that uh, as as some of us that are on the CCC will be pushing uh, again forward because I think it's a great idea for to play with lads without uh, playing with the county, the league. And I think the clubs bought into it. And once clubs buy into something like that, uh, it's, 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 it's half the battle. It's three quarters of the battle. Because, you know, they know it's about giving games to guys before your championship would start. Uh, look at the, you know, we have, uh, you alluded to there, Michael Devlin brought in a, a surplus there. He's going for the county uh Assistant uh, or uh, treasurer. Yeah. Now we also have other. Uh, we also have other. Uh, there's another election that night there. Tom Dawson is running for a, a vice chairman there uh, against uh, Jimmy Minogue there from the north. And again, uh, it's important that all the clubs, in, especially within the division, there because these are make sure that they 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 want to be in the post tomorrow. So you know what I mean. It's vitally important. That you you know you look after your own and you back your own the same way, uh, Michael McCarthy. There yourself, you're going for PRO uh, in the county in a four horse race against uh, Enda Sullivan from 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 Nina, uh, uh, Liz uh, Stapleton there from uh, from uh, Borlan and uh, Jonathan Cullen from Lockmore. Again, vitally important because I mean, well, you know. I suppose the setup that was in West Tipperary for the last number of years, while you were while you were um, uh, secretary there, and the PRO setup that we have within the division, I think is is a good one. In so far as that, it's it's a team effort rather than a one man effort, and it's in this day and age, you know, it's important. So look at. Um, and I have no doubt uh, you would make a, a capable uh, a county PRO office, and there's no doubt about it. And I would urge again to the clubs to you know to get behind to get behind the three candidates from the west. Uh, and it's not too late yet. Make sure and get that get it into the post uh, as quickly as possible and vote. That's the important thing: is you have a chance to vote and vote for your own men. That's it. Very good. Very good. Thanks very uh, much for Mike, that. Um, just before we finish conventions, there just. Uh, to thank you there for the last five years as well as secretary. Um, I think you you, know, you made you put your own mark in the role of secretary and I suppose involved in the CCC as well. And it's it's not always an easy task, but I think you you stuck to it very well. And you know you, you did another great job and you know following the likes of Jerry Ring and and Michael Long. Like you did a great job as it. And I suppose just to wish you best of luck going forward as county PRO. I mean. 
you made a great effort in, in the West over the last five years of that and you, you know you've shown shown what you can do and I suppose the podcast as well just part of it as well you know the likes of Twitter bringing in I suppose live streaming into the division as well like and you know you, you've made your mark here and cap- well capable of making your mark I think as a county PRO as well you're too kind you're too kind I'm blushing here <laughs> no thanks very much that's that, that's very nice to hear um as, as we always do every week uh finishing up uh social media you stole my social media bit I have to say it there um was going to be the under 17 or under 19 under 21 so we leave that one off uh John was there anything that that came to mind with you uh, there was, and it's probably it was on social media quite a lot, and it's probably on national news and whatever. It was the staging of the ladies' uh, senior football semi-final last last Sunday. <clears throat> you know, it turned out to be an outrageous disaster, uh, and I suppose there's an awful lot of people were on were on social media uh, talking utter rubbish, uh, blaming the GA for it, uh, and even I had that. What do you call her? That Dr. Kelly, Kira Kelly, talking about she's talking about a ladies' GAA. The thing about it is that the that competition is run by the 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 Ladies Gaelic Football Association. The fixtures are made by them, the venues are made by them, and they get the venues. They are not under the umbrella of the GAA because they they were invited into it. They refused to come in uh, at the particular time, so they are outside of the GAA. Uh, umbrella. Now, when that semi-final was fixed, it was obviously it was fixed for last Sunday. Limerick was the uh, was the uh, chosen venue. Galway and Cork were the participants. Limerick was deemed to be a suitable venue for it. They approached Limerick uh, and they got the venue on the proviso that uh, if Limerick won their All Ireland hurling semi-final, it would be wanted at that time for training by the Limerick senior team. Now that's that that was and that was Limerick's right, and there's no such thing as saying they could have changed times or anything. That was the conditions that the ground was given in. Now the ladies, uh, the LGFA were were aware of that straight away. They should have moved on and forget about Limerick and get another alternative venue. You had very good venues uh, in between as well. You had Ennis. You also had Nina, which hosts an awful lot of ladies' Gaelic football matches. It wasn't that there was going to be any crowds at it. There was facilities there. Their matches had been televised from there. Uh, but no, in their wisdom, they decided to bring Galway and Cork and, and girls from West Cork up to Dublin to Parnell Park. So anyway, fast forward to last Sunday morning, there was a big fog in Dublin, freezing fog. So Parnell Park was deemed uh, unplayable. And eventually, they, at the last minute, the 11th hour, Croke Park was given to them. Uh, now, bearing in mind that the, the Tip and uh, Mayo seen a football match was time for half three. Now, and it had to be started at one o'clock. So, they, so that they, if it went to, to extra time and, and uh, results on the day, that it would be over in time and not to impede on that. Because whether we like it or not, uh, you, you just can't put off games or put off times. RTE had a contract to do uh, the football match. Now, people were saying, why did RTE not show the football game, the ladies' football game? Because the, the answer to that is that uh, TG Cahar had the contract of that. So that these are all the, the things that, uh, you know, 
were not come brought out into the open. And uh, but the big thing about it is, it was not a GA problem. The GA didn't create it. In actual fact, the GA and we're often critical of it in Croke Park, and I would be critical of them, and so would you. They at the last minute, the eleventh hour, they facilitated them by allowing them into Croke Park last Sunday during all this uh, situation and the COVID situation and everything. So I think the the people on social media and there's probably a lot of uh, guys, the GA people as well, who who uh, were you know were critical of the GA. 100% not the GA problem. It was it was 100% Ladies Gaelic Football Association, and I think you know they'd want to get their house in order before they even consider coming in under the under the or before the GA consider bringing them in under it. And that's that's my top and safety work on it, lads. Yeah, look, it, it maddens me to be honest, John, as well. And um, I, I just want to to make it out that this is certainly isn't anything to do with with lady, with women's football versus men's football. It, it's organisations and the LGFA as an organisation. I don't think have done their players uh, proud here. And um, look, it, it it maddens me. As I said, I think I said it earlier with the, with the the. The abuse that the GA gets um, in the wrong. I mean, w- the GA was blamed for for people celebrating in pubs when there was county finals on. Like, the GA didn't send anyone to a pub, uh, and it's up to publicans to to um, to manage their own businesses. And I think I, I've seen it this week where we have had John Kiley and 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 Liam Cahill and they're urging their supporters to to. Um, to, you know, to be careful and it's not it's not the GA's business what happens once the, the, the match is over you know and I mean, the GA aren't even giving the cups to the teams uh, which is unprecedented uh, after the games because they, they believe they, they draw crowds together but the, the, just going back to the the game on, on Saturday on Sunday like I, I have a certain amount of sympathy on Sunday for the for the LGFA I mean nobody was to know that Parnell Park was going to be frozen solid half the pitch or three quarters of the pitch and, and they were in a quandary as to how what to do now I don't think it certainly wasn't fair on Galway that on their way to the match that they found out that the game was being brought forward a half an hour and 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 it was going to be in Crow Park like it's it's you know as well as I do these things are 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 the detail that goes into managing a uh, any intercounty team it, it's down to the second they know what time they're going to arrive at the ground they know what time they're going to start their warm up finish their warm up and what and what's going to go on and also for the LGFA uh, president to come out and say that Galway spent too long in the dressing room is it's I just can't believe it. I mean, it, it like the the you've all, we've seen the twenty by twenty stuff that's going around on on social media, and it's a brilliant initiative. And we all want to see uh, women's hurling and football get the same the same level of of support that the men's do. But you know, it's not the GA that are dragging women's game down. It's actually their own organisations, and it it really maddens me. And it, look, it is. It, I suppose. <laughs> It's Gaelic football, and that's why the GA gets brought into it when it's nothing to do with them. And Sean Kelly, back in two thousand four, um, tried to bring. He, he set up a, a strategic committee to look at the Camogie and um, Ladies Gaelic coming in under the umbrella, the one umbrella with the with the GA, 
and they flat out denied, refused it. And it comes, it comes down to power. They were going to lose their status, and for me, they only have themselves to blame. And this thing about it wouldn't happen in the men's game, it's just, it, it, it really gets on my week now because it, I don't think, as you said, there was plenty of other grounds that the LGFA could have looked at. Um, Ennis. And do you know what? Torless was looked for and it was, they weren't turned down and they never came back and looked for it again. And it, like, it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous, the stuff that's gone on. But yeah, the, the LGFA, yeah. they don't help they don't. The, the organisation have not helped themselves, and certainly have have haven't helped their players in this matter. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Because look at when when when, when you you know and I know we're all involved in making fixtures and finding grounds. Uh, like if it was a junior B match in West Tipperary, and we found out that that uh, we, we we looked, we'll say off Clonowley there for for a match on Wednesday in the coming week's time, and 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 Michael O'Dwyer said, look at. I, I can't guarantee that because um, our Camogie team might be training there that day if they get to the county final. Straight away, we'd go away and you'd go away and you'd find some other venue. And that's the way it goes. You don't, yeah. you leave nothing to doubt. And, you know, it's so hard to, to, to organise things and you have to have clarity. And straight away, you'd go off and you'd find somewhere else. And we've done that, like we're doing that and you're doing it, especially when you were secretary there, when we'd make we'd make a, a fixture uh, at a CCC meeting and we'd say, we'll put it in such a way on the next thing you'd find out later on that, um, God, that pitch, that, that isn't available on that day. Or it mightn't be available. Straight away, we'd move away from it. And that's the way it should have been done. And that's the problem. That's my point. Uh, I was trying to make that there, 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 there was no clarity in it. And also, we were we would always be conscious of people traveling. Now, it is different. It is different when uh, matches were televised and there was a big crowds going and the semifinals in Crow Park and all that. But this year was a different year. And all you had to get was a suitable ground uh, in between that's suitable to both teams and the less traveling to it together, bearing in mind that they travel in their own chaos. And that's the difference. And that's where I think the, the LGFA let themselves down. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just on the, as, as you said there, on, on the camera work and stuff, like it's not, it's not just as simple as, oh, RT, turn on your cameras there at one o'clock because there's another game on. Like they are also planning for a game to go live at, three o'clock or whatever so they probably they were they were in crow park maybe at eight o'clock and they were bringing in their gear and it's not it's not just a case of getting your camcorder and setting it up and boom we're we're online like this is national television it's not some of the comment on it was absolutely ridiculous from people that just don't know what goes into the organization of these things and it it was ill-informed and it's it it, it is really annoying um francis have you seen anything um on, on social media or articles or anything that you want to bring up? Yeah, I was just looking at Tim Fly's report there and he was just talking, or it's an email he got from a friend of his, a cock friend, John Arnold. He gives two versions, I suppose, of the split season, one against and one for. Um, just in the against part of it, he's basically going as the system as is, but that there's Three weekends during the time frame have three no inter county game periods of 10 to 14 days for club championship only. So, Tipper Carcler wants the championship on a Sunday. Players go back to their club straight away to have a club championship game the following Saturday or Sunday, and following Tuesday or Thursday, they're back with their county. 
Um, it's basically he's worried. I think it's going to come a two two tier system if you um, if you split a footy between having half inter county and the other half club. Um, the other side of it then was that you basically go for the split season, and you go basically. January's inter-county training commences, February to April is the Alliance Leagues, May to July the Provincial and Ireland Championships, County Leagues, mid-July to mid-August Division of Championships, and August onwards into September-October County Championships, then Provincial Club Championships. He just, I suppose part of what he's saying is he's worried about the amount of time that has been built up to get September as the prestige time for stage in the All Ireland tournament finals on one end, and then obviously changing it then on the other that you're looking after the club player. There's there's a big variation in it. I just it, I suppose it got me thinking more than that. Like you know, you're thinking all year, yeah, this this club system, the split system, half club, half inter county works well, but does it fully work well? I just take you know, you look at Nolan and John McGrath, the club championship they had with that more. I just felt they were wrecked coming back into the onto the intercounty setup. If you do that next year and the intercounty takes over, will there be players like that be wrecked going back to their clubs? Is there any real break in between? And is the club player is the clubs going to suffer down the line? And it's one point I, I had that idea I suppose before was of having a certain maybe one weekend every month that the club championships, the county championships, have to go ahead over the course of the inter-county championship. Now, on the other hand, you're looking, it does cost, there is expense then the teams keep training and all that, but it also brings the club player back in, or the county player back into the club scene as well, which which interlinks them, and it, it doesn't maybe make such a, a divide or such a difference as well. Yeah, I suppose the, the split season it, that that was interesting there that the 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 foreign against that Tim had and uh, look I, I suppose I'm for it and I I come from it from a from an administration point of view in that it's it like it was absolute torture trying to get games played or trying to tell players when they were going to when they were going to be playing and um like the the whole September All Ireland thing like that's gone anyway because the all irelands were in august this year yeah, yeah. pulling them forward into into july um it's like i don't know i thoroughly enjoyed the club action when it came back this year much more so than the intercounty i have to say the run <laughs> of club games the the talent that was on on show the, the, the i think the Tipperary scene or intermediate Hurling and football championships this year were were brilliant, and I think all over the 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 country that uh, club players got a run at playing and they loved it, and the supporters loved it. Now, obviously, they weren't always there because between crowds and limited crowds and that, but the streaming obviously took over and people got to see games. But I, I do I I think it was brilliant for the club game, and I think a club game. An uninterrupted club season from the middle of July, August on is is terrific. Um, I take your point about the training and that, and it's probably going to come down to workload and I suppose the more successful teams. And you mentioned John and Noel. I suppose they they were the jewel. 
the dual club player and, and they got to county finals. But I, I would say that they're more so the exception than the rule. Um, as we know, Lockmore are probably one of the only, you, you probably have the commercial St. Mary's thing, but St. Mary's aren't as, as competitive as Seamus Oreen as, as, as Lockmore will say are at, at Dan Breen and, and senior football. So, and I don't know if there's that many players, you don't have the, the same crossover. But it's, uh, it is it is an interesting one. I'm for the split season, and I'm also for the county going first because there's always that danger in my mind that the inter-county manager will look for players for training. I think it worked well this year because the 14th of September was put down as the date that you couldn't go back training before. But I would say that you could go to only 80% of the teams adhere to that. There was county teams back training before that, and... That is where the danger lies when when inter county comes after the club scene for me. John, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Mike. The other thing about it, it's very easy for for him to say one week in every for championship for the club. The thing about it is not every county runs their championship the same way, and all it, I think in that scenario you'd have dictates coming from Croke Park, uh, and we have enough of them from Croke Park for the club scene. So I, I think, you know, get your, I, I, I'd be in favour of the inter-county scene finishing there on whatever, the second or third week in July and over and out, finished, the county is finished. Um, there is not, I don't think the players coming back in to come into their clubs, they'll be coming back, but they probably won't have to train as hard. When I say the physical training, the county lads coming back to that club, they'll be there with their clubs and they'll be there, but they won't, they, they will probably, will only have to maintain that level of fitness. Tours adds, maybe when, when the, the John McGraths and, and Knowles went back to the county this year, there was, a, there was maybe not an allowance taken for what they had done with their club, but um, they looked tired, so they did. So, I, I don't think you'd you'd be as tired coming from the inter-county to the club. Now, that's only my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I wouldn't be in favour of... I am in favour of the split season as, as it is and the county first and club later because uh, I, I think, you, you, you know, you... Ha- you, you, you have two, you have a two-tier situation as it is anyway, and there's no point about it. But at least under the split season, the club guy will know when the championship is going to start. And up during the inter-county season, you'll have loads of time for the leagues and whatever, and fellas can plan accordingly, and, and the leagues are not the be-all and the end-all as regards, uh, you know, a guy, if he wants to go away on holidays there in, in June or May or whatever, he's not missing. He doesn't know, will I be missing the first round of the championship or will I be missing this or will I be missing that? It, they can Guys can plan uh, an awful lot better and they can plan their family life and they can plan their their time away from it and and you know as the championship will go on uh, it'll be getting shorter and shorter and there'll only be a few teams left towards the end of it uh, in in each in each of the grades put it that way so i i i i am a i'm a believer of the the split season and with the county first That's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, Next week, we'll be back to you with episode 10, where we'll hopefully look back on three wins in the minor and under-21 championship for Tipperary. Tipperary, 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 Tipperary,